we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 7th, 2013. Next report is entitled, Israel is preparing to divide her land with the Palestinians. This starts out by saying God's threat rings true in um, rings true, and it says in Joel 3, 1 and 2, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Now, again, this is happening and will happen. This verse hasn't been fulfilled regarding the end times. Um, He's going to bring the captivity of Judah and and Jerusalem, which is this time, Israel is again uh, its own country, okay? And then it goes on to say, I will gather all nations and bring them down in the valley of Jehoshaphat and plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. Obviously, Israel's been scattered among the nations for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and what happened at that point. Um, really 70 AD, uh, really started in earnest. And then it says, and have parted my land. And we documented over and over again how they've parted since Israel, the Israelites have come back to Israel as a nation, how they've given up more and more and more land, parted the land that's been easily documented. So um, this is, this is what's going to happen here. So, The next, the report regarding this is Netanyahu ready to give up 90% of Judea and Samaria. This is from Israel's, Israel National News. This is just further proof of this verse regarding the parting of their land. A report in the far left Israeli newspaper Haaretz Thursday quoted top Lukid ministers as saying that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is prepared to give up as much as 90% of Judea and Samaria in a deal with the Palestinian Authority. So again, this is just totally pure insanity. All they're going to do, as I've stated many, many times, is move the rockets in that much closer so that they can get a better bead on the Israelites. That's all, that's all the Muslims are going to do if this happens. This is absolute, total insanity. Netanyahu, they said, knows that the next round of talks under the sponsorship of the U.S. Secretary of State, John Kerry, would be dealing with substantial issues such as the borders of the Palestinian state. As the United States continues to pressure Israel to divide her land, to give large portions of it to the Palestinians, we should be aware of God's judgment against all nations who divide his holy land. Did you know that today both the United States and Great Britain are putting powerful pressure as powerful pressure as possible upon Israel to get her to divide the land of Israel. Are you further aware that we've been putting this incredible pressure upon Israel for 20 years? Today the Palestinians control 42% of the land, a huge chunk of the land God originally granted to the Jews. God has to be very angry with this continuous pressure. Um, Now from my last report I did last week, or two weeks ago, I'm just going to cover a couple things. From my last report, we read, What do these major record-setting events have in common? The ten costliest insurance events in U.S. history. 
the 12 costliest hurricanes in U.S. history. Now, this was at the time of this writing, of this book that we're quoting. Three of the four largest tornado outbreaks in U.S. history. And then two of the largest terrorism events in U.S. history. All of these major catastrophes and many others occurred or began on the very same day or within 24 hours of U.S. Presidents Bush, Clinton, and then Bush Jr. applying pressure on Israel to trade her land for promises of peace and security, sponsoring major, quote, land for peace meetings, making major public statements pertaining to Israel's covenant land and or calling for a Palestinian state. All of these horrific, record-setting, natural disaster, some terrorism events in the United States all happen either the same day or within a 24-hour period of these things happening. So, my comment, obviously, it seems that the Lord's focus is very centered on the preservation of Israel's land. You know, or is it just one big gigantic coincidence? You know, like some people would say. Now, um, this is uh, from Cutting Edge, and they're advertising this DVD. And I haven't seen the DVD, but when I read the table of contents, it looked looked good. Okay, and it's called Christian Palestinianism, um, and it's a biblical perspective on the relationship between Israel and the church and the Arab world. I wanted to read the table of contents because it pretty much hits on what we're talking about here. The DVD addresses the rising tide of beguiling apostasy gripping today's church in regards to modern Israel. At the core of the anti-Israeli movement is replacement theology, a reinterpretation of scripture teaching the church has replaced the nation of Israel, now being the sole beneficiary of God's promises given expressly to the Jews, Jerusalem, and Israel. There's a lot of people who believe this stuff. All Israel and all the... No, that's all done away with. We replace them. <laughs> anyway, based on this erroneous misinterpretation, Christian anti-Semitism attempts to justify its position claiming the nation of Israel to be illegitimate and an illegal occupier of Palestine. This politically religious campaign is gaining wide acceptance among church leaders, denominations, charities, missions, and humanitarian groups. And then you go even further with that, saying, oh no, they're all the, the Khazars or whatever, meaning none of them are real Jews anyway, they're all fake apostate ones. Well, how, is all the, how are all these scriptures going to be fulfilled that specifically apply to Israel? in like Revelation and Daniel and elsewhere, how is that going to happen unless Israel hasn't went back and occupied her land? Are we going to finally see the real Jews pop up somewhere? And then they're all going to really reoccupy the land, the real ones? Give me a break. But, you know, I I hear a lot of this stuff from... from, um, usually not long-term listeners, because I I refuse to (laughs) agree with them about this. And then if you look at the roots of where these theories came from, it's like, wow, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? There's always corrupted roots. Roots with all these hidden agendas to replace Israel with either, whether you're talking about British Israelism, um, Christian identity, uh, replacement theology, all of these really cults that have cropped up um, 
And a lot of people, a lot of people that call themselves Christians have been sucked into this stuff. Uh, so, going further, the, this is based on this erroneous misinterpretation of Christian anti-Semitism attempts to justify its position, claiming the nation of Israel to be illegitimate and an illegal occupier of Palestine. This politically religious, un- what it also does with these people is they always end up being pro-Muslim. Because, while well, they can't be on wicked, evil Israel's side, can't be on their side. Now, I've said this before, I'm not saying Israel's perfect, okay? I'm not saying that there's not evil Zionistic synagogue of Satan people at the head of Israel. I'd be the first to admit it, okay? Um, or that they haven't collectively, as a country, turned their back on the Lord Jesus Christ and have not obviously done this for hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years at this point, okay? So, I'm not saying that's not the case, but there is coming a time when they will get their eyes open, and I believe I get into these verses, yeah, we're going to get into those verses next, just to reiterate that. Um, so, going further, this. so uh, you have these groups that are totally pro-Muslim, and the poor Muslims, the poor terrorists, and how dare Israel do what they're doing, even though they're all fake, fake Israel. We want the... What do you want? You want the Muslims in there? Is that is that that's what you want occupying Jerusalem? Would that make you happy? <laughs> I mean, it's total insanity. So this politically religious campaign is gaining wide acceptance among church leaders, denominations, charities, missions, and humanitarian groups. This is a huge movement. Okay, the apostate church involved is in usurping God's intended inheritance for the Israelites are joined by Palestinian Arabs with their own Muslim version of replacement theology. Islam's strategy is to rid Israel of its Jewish presence, seize the land for Allah, and establish Sharia rule worldwide. That's what their their objective, that's their form of replacement theology. (laughs) Their version is kill every Jew, kill every Israelite that there is, um, and... um, Replace them with the, with the wonderful, peace-loving Muslims. And establish Sharia rule worldwide. Additionally, cloaked in counterfeit Zionism is the esoteric understanding of the Judaizers, or the Kabbalists, who claim to be God's chosen. They promote a nationalistic political Zionism through aggressive self-effort. Sadly, Zionist imitations united with secularists and political left and right-wing activists are seducing the support of Christians who unwittingly become pawns in the alliance of peace for the Antichrist and his unholy government. Did you know that end-time prophecy is unfolding right before our very eyes and the promised ingathering of unbelieving Jews into Israel has begun? The miraculous existence of Israel will be used by God for the inevitable conclusion when a remnant of God's covenant people will accept Jesus Christ as Messiah. A seven-year tribulation judgment of God will bring numerous of his chosen uh, Israelites to call on Jehovah who will redeem the land to the fullness of its promised borders. Okay, now we're talking literally at the end of the tribulation. Now, where does the Bible talk about this? Zechariah 13.8 And it shall come to pass in that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but a third shall be left therein. This is the land of Israel that this is in reference to. Okay, This is basically, you know, at the time of Armageddon, uh, or leading up to that. Two 
parts shall be cut off and die. And a third part shall be left therein. Two-thirds of the Israelites are going to die. A third part will be left in the land. And then it goes on to say, And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined. These are people, they're obviously, this is, these are Israelites that lived, the third part that lived, he's going to bring them through the fire, we'll, we'll refine them as silver is refined, and we'll try them as gold is tried, and they shall call upon my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. They're finally going to get their eyes opened up. They were collectively blinded as a nation. Not everyone, but overall, collectively, when they said to Pontius Pilate, crucify Jesus, give us Barabbas, let Jesus' blood be upon us and our children, they collectively brought a curse on themselves. I'm not being any semantic. I'm just saying that's what they did. They rejected their Savior, collectively. Not all of them, obviously, because the, the apostles and, you know. But I'm saying for from a collective standpoint, they did. And they brought a curse on themselves. And this is when their eyes are going to get open collectively. Basically about 2,000 years later. And they're going to finally say, they're going to finally call upon my name. He says, I will hear them. I will say it is my people. And they, they will say the Lord is my God. They're finally going to get their eyes open. And where else do we see proof of that? Zechariah twelve nine. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Okay? And again, this is also relating to the verses we just talked about in uh, Hosea, where, where um, let me just read that again. I will gather all nations and bring them down in the, jo- the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, for whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. There's going to be judgment on them. Okay? Big time judgment. So, uh, Zechariah, if we go then to Zechariah 12.9, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, we're dealing with Israelites here, the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, This is Jesus Christ talking here, essentially. Now, this was written before the crucifixion. (laughs) They they must have been thinking, before Jesus was ever crucified, the Jews reading this must have been perplexing, you know. Um, I will pour pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, Jesus Christ, I added that in, but... And they shall mourn for him, they're going to mourn for Jesus Christ, as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Well, Jesus is the only begotten son of Father God. That's how the Bible refers to him. So, there's another parallel. That's when they're going to collectively get their eyes open. They're going to finally see what they collectively did. Obviously, this was their ancestors that did it, but um, this is when it's all going to happen. Multitudes of Jews worldwide are in present-day rebellion against their Messiah and hardened to his promises for God's only covenant nation, Israel. Growing worldwide, anti-Semitism is also infecting contemporary Christianity in an aggressive and heartbreaking Christian, quote, Christian, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic movement. 
It's another thing you'll see more and more of. So that's why I wanted to throw this in here to kind of uh, address that issue as well. Next report. Supreme Court strikes down heterosexual-only marriage as unconstitutional. Defense of Marriage Act provision struck down. Uh, this was at the, the, the lead story on drudge support. A big gay flag flying that says gay day at the high court. Uh, Defensive Marriage Act, unconstitutional. That's what the Supreme Court says. Clears the way also in California for gay marriages. All of this can be directly traced back to the work of that Barack Obama is doing to undermine America from its foundation. His goal is a pink America. A modern day Sodom and Gomorrah that is just daring God to do something about it. It reminds me of these, these protesters that we talked about in the previous part where they're just up there, it's just like they're daring God. They're just blaspheming God, singing Hail Satan, just acting, just totally demon-possessed. Like they're daring God. Shaking their fist at God. Um, and what the goal here is to create a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah in America uh, that is just daring God to do something about it. And guess what? That's exactly what is about to happen. Now, uh, Genesis 6-5 says... And it reminded me of, of the day and time we're living in. And, it got, and the Bible says, um, as it was in the days of Noah, Jesus Christ said this, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So the things that were going on in Noah's day, we should be looking for that same, the same things to be going on in our day. Well, what was Noah's day? Well, Genesis 6, 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And this is how God must be feeling about what's all going on now. Now, from Bloomberg, they reported that a divided U.S. Supreme Court overturned the federal law that defines marriage as a heterosexual union, saying it violates the rights of married gay couples by denying them governmental benefits. Uh, we, I mean, what's this world coming to when we can't have you know governmental benefits for these disgusting sodomite marriages? The vote on the Defense of Marriage Act was five to four. Justice Anthony Kennedy joined the four Democratic appointed justices in the majority. Now, some verses came into my head as I as I saw that Proverbs seventeen fifteen, which is exactly what these Supreme Courts have have, have done. He that justifieth the wicked. And he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. That's what I would say to these Supreme Court of Justices, particularly, obviously, the five that voted for this. Um, They're justifying the wicked and condemning the just. And they're an abomination to God. Um, Psalm 917, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. This is what is happening more and more and more collectively in America. This nation is forgetting God. They're forgetting any kind of morality or holiness more by the day. And they're going to be turned into hell. They're, they're being collectively given over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient, like the Bible talks about in Romans 1. They're collectively having their conscience seared with a hot iron, like the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1. So, and these are all things that the Bible predicted were going to happen. Psalm 37, 28. For the Lord loveth judgment 
true judgment, righteous judgment. Like, if these Supreme Court had ruled in a righteous manner, that would have been pleasing to God. I'm not saying they haven't done a ton of wickedness, okay, the Supreme Court. But if they had done true judgment, righteous judgment, that would have been pleasing to God. But the Lord loveth judgment. And forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. All these people that think that they're on the winning side, they're going to understand eventually that they're not. The law places same-sex couples in an unstable position of being in a second-tier marriage, Kennedy wrote for the court. Now, this is the, the judge that, Supreme Court judge that ruled, I guess, against DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Um... Then he goes on to say the differentiation means the couple whose moral and sexual choices the Constitution protects and whose relationship the state has sought to dignify. So he's saying if they keep Defense of Marriage Act there, it's this differentiation between gay marriage and heterosexual, obviously biblical type marriage, that demeans the, the, the gay couple essentially. You know, whose moral and sexual choices the Constitution protects. Oh, oh, so the Constitution protects their right to do total wickedness and evil, is what he's saying. And whose relationship the state has sought to dignify. Yes, let's dignify evil. Let's put this wonderful veneer on this absolute, total abomination from the pit of hell, which is gay marriage. Let's, let's try to slap, we're going to talk a lot about this today, about how wonderful, the wonderful world of the sodomites, of the gay, lesbian, transsexual, bisexual. We're going to take a good long look into that cesspit of slime and scum and evil. And I'll let you be the, be the judge on, 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 on uh, if, it's, if it should deserve dignity, as this Supreme Court justice said. Now, Judge Scalia said that this Justice Kennedy, by saying these things and by ruling this way, has declared opponents of gay marriage enemies of the human race. I think that's really accurate, because that's what it's going to really boil down to, ultimately. You don't support gay marriage? You don't support all of this evil? Well, then you're, you're an enemy of the human race. That's what we think of you. That's what Satan is going to increasingly um, have as rule of law. You know, Judge Alito said the Constitution does not guarantee the right to enter into a same-sex marriage. Whereas this Kennedy devil said it did. And that's why he was the deciding swing vote. The court will act momentarily on a second gay marriage case involving California's Proposition 8, which bars same-sex couples from marrying. Well, that already happened, and they blocked um, that as well. So what ends up happening there is they started getting married right away in uh, California, the lesbians and <coughs> uh, men and stuff. It's so evil and disgusting. And they're trying to constantly shove those disgusting images of women kissing women and men kissing men as they're saying their marriage vows and just shoving that, like, you check CNN and stuff, it was all over it. It's like, I don't even want to look at that. It's so disgusting and evil. It's so wrong. 
And and yet they've got to constantly shove it down your throat as much as you can. Anything you see Hollywood or the main media trying to constantly put in your head, just understand most likely it's just totally wicked. You know? The historic cases which marked the first time the high court had ever considered gay marriage rights reached the justices as the movement was showing unprecedented momentum. Um... Twelve states and the District of Columbia have legalized same-sex marriage, six of them in the last year. So again, we are, we are just circling the drain in America, collectively. And it's almost like collectively America saying, God, please judge us, please annihilate us, please wipe us out, please, please let the land vomit us out, like the Bible talks about in the Old Testament, whenever you let the gays take over, and then child sacrifice is going on. you got increasingly more and more. So we're just begging for God's judgment. I'm not saying my listeners or the remnant Christians, and I'm saying, but the nation in general is. So here's what I see as America's future being. Jude 1.7 Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, who we already mentioned, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. That's how the Bible refers to one way the Bible refers to men with men, women with women. You're going after strange flesh. It's, it's out of order. It's a crime against nature is how it was legally referred to. All sodomy was actually, the original definition was a crime against nature. That includes oral and anal, you know what, okay? That's, a, that's sodomy, okay? So, <laughs> well, people that are, are, are saved Christians shouldn't be doing that stuff. And I did a whole teaching on this. Just key up uh, sexual... Um, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Because if you're doing that, you're bringing a curse on yourself. You are. You're just flat bringing a curse on yourself. And you can get mad at me all day you want, but am I therefore your, become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You know, that was known that you don't do that for hundreds and hundreds of years. But see, Satan wants to get everybody deceived and deluded, and he wants Christians to bring curses on themselves and not know it. And there's very few preachers that will come out there and speak the truth about it. But my life's not a popularity contest, so, you know, uh, I'm not saying that to be mean, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, I love you enough to tell you the truth, as opposed to deluding you and deceiving you, and telling you, oh, no, no, it's fine to do that, or, yeah, yeah, contraception's fine, the pill, even though it actually causes, uh, one of the ways it works is through abortions, uh, because it does not allow the fertilized egg, remember, life begins at conception to implant into the uterus. It interferes with the lining of the uterus and does not allow implantation, meaning you abort your own baby, but you don't even know it's happening. It's all done in the silence of the womb. Birth control, pill patch, um, all that stuff. IUDs work that way. You know, so that's, (laughs) that's another thing you could be doing, bringing huge curses on yourself, not even knowing it. You know, and you get up it's and you bringing curses on yourself and in, in, in wondering why things are going so maybe horrific in your own life. A lot of times you might not have to look any farther than that. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's the truth. I've done teachings on all of this. Uh, keen contraception in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and and you can hear my teaching on that. So, and we are what we're doing right now is we're trying to take all the older teachings that we did in times past. And um, we've been dependent on another site for a long time. 
who had already put up those teachings. When I left Sermon Audio, we had to get these teachings up quick. Another site had already put most of them up. We kind of imported them over. We've been dependent on that site. God bless them. They've helped us a ton. But we want to try to get all of our teachings in the same format. Most of the older PDF teachings, for one reason or another, through DivShare, stop working. So we're, we're revamping the PDFs. We are... Um, making the audios in the current format so everything will be uniform and putting up a lot of those older teachings don't have PDFs but where they do, we're putting those up with with current headers and stuff like that and um, I think we're about two years done now, we've got about two years, we've got about two more years to go uh, it's a pretty tremendous undertaking so that's being done, hopefully will be done uh, no later than the end of summer Anyway, so I wanted to mention that as well. So going further, um, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Not only did God rain down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them. Can you imagine having whole cities taken over with these disgusting, demon-possessed, homosexual, bisexual, transgender, who knows what was going on there. The whole cities have been taken over, essentially. He had to, he had to I mean, it's like a cancer. You let this stuff come in, sin will spread. Where wickedness is, more wicked, it attracts more wickedness. It attracts more devils and demons. So not only did they suffer the, the, the example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, with fire and brimstone that literally happened, okay? And I believe Ron Wyatt found those cities. Um, you can still see the, 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 uh, Kean, Sodom, and Gomorrah, uh, Ron Wyatt, in the keyword search box at YouTube. I believe he found them. I mean, you can still see the, the fire and brimstone. You can still see the brimstone. The, they've analyzed the sulfur. It's, you know, it's still there. And um, they're suffer, they suffer the vengeance of, uh, the example of the vengeance of eternal fire, both physically and then now for all eternity in the afterlife, in hell, and then into the lake of fire. So, uh, I don't see this as being a strong endorsement, this verse, for the homosexual, gay, bisexual, transgender, dis- disgusting, debauched lifestyle. You look at, you, you could tell at this thing where they were saying, Hail Satan, at this rally, that most of the people there, particularly the women, were, were, were butch lesbians. Okay? Um, proud of it, too. Proud of it. And isn't that funny that, again, evil attracts evil, and they're always, those types of people are always on the side of evil, and yet they think they're clean in their own eyes, like we had talked about earlier. They're so deluded in evil that they think that evil is good, and good is evil. And the Bible talks about that. Woe to them that call evil good, and good evil. That's what they do. That's becoming more and more the norm. Now, Luke 7.26 says, As it was in the days of Noe, or Noah, so shall it be in the days of the, of the Son of Man, when Jesus Christ returns. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot. 
Lot was the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. They were going about their everyday lives. But the very same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. These are the days we're living in. And Jesus Christ said, as it was in these days, so shall it be basically before my return. So none of this should really surprise us um, about the whole gay agenda, I guess, because Jesus Christ predicted it. But he also predicted their destruction. And then he goes on to say in verse 30, Thus, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Um, that doesn't bode real good for the gay community, sorry. <laughs> I know that's about as unpolitically correct as you could get, but I really could care less. Leviticus 20.13, If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Boy, I bet you that, if you had that on a big placard, marching that around one of these gay parades, boy, I bet you that wouldn't go over too well. Woo! Yeah. Anyway, joining Kennedy, why, why did they have to be put to death? Because you had to purge the sin out of that society, or else that sin would leaven the whole lump. Purge ye out the old leaven. Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Bad doctrine can come in, and, and when, try, when you try to combine bad doctrine with the word of God, which is how almost all pseudo-Christian cults form, then the bad doctrine always overwhelms the word of God, and you start going by the bad doctrine, and the whole cult becomes leavened. Okay, Sin, though, itself like this type of sin, will leaven a whole society if you let it go and you don't do things to resist it and to go against it and, and to pray against it. This is why they had to kill people that were homosexuals. And that's why they did it in the Old Testament. They didn't want it permeating into their society and defiling the land and defiling everyone else. And they knew that's what would happen. Uh, these are God's rules, not mine. Okay, I'm not saying we do that now, but I'm saying in the Old Testament, that's what you did. <laughs> okay, joining Kennedy in the majority on the Defense of Marriage Act ruling were Justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephanie Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan. Um, so imagine that. Hmm. And uh, the people you can pray for there. Unbelievable. Dissenting... Uh, which the ones that voted against it, Chief Justice John Roberts, Anthony Scalia, Clarence Thomas, and Samuel Alito. It's just so disgusting. Now, let's talk about the subject a little bit more. Um, there's With the ruling, with this ruling, gays can now sponsor foreign partners for immigration to the USA. See the wonderful fruit this is already starting to produce? They had gay, gay marriages uh, going on in San Francisco like crazy once they overruled Proposition 8, which hinged on this. And then, now the Supreme Court's ruling that the Defense 
of Marriage Act is unconstitutional will immediately open up immigration benefits to same-sex partners in states where their unions are recognized as marriages. So now we have more wicked, evil fruit as a result of this. Um, This is a huge day, not only for the LGBT movement, meaning lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, but also for the immigrants' rights movement. So you could have an illegal alien who's lesbian, gay, bisexual, and then they get married, and now they're going to have... Benefits for the same-sex partners. Immigration benefits. Isn't that special? Um, so this is this was said by Jorge Gutierrez, who leads the Queer Undocumented Immigrant Project for United We Dream, a group of, of young illegal alien immigrants who are also queer. <laughs> Even better. So you've got, they're totally here illegally, and they're also queer. And they want their rights, too, because they deserve it, more so than, than, than the other illegal aliens, because they, they really do believe they're a privileged, privileged class that, that deserves more than any other class. And they're treated that way, too. So he says, this leader of the Queer Undocumented Immigrant Project for United We Dream, for who are illegal immigrants that are that are queer in America. Okay, this is a huge day, not only for the LGBT movement but also for immigrant rights movement in general. The Supreme Court decision affirms that all families and individuals should be treated fairly and with justice. Mm, isn't that special? So Romans, what does Romans one uh, twenty six and twenty eight have to say about this? About uh, Mister. Um, Jorge Gutierrez's quote there. Well, it says, for this cause, God gave them, meaning the gays, uh, LGBT crowd, he gave them up unto vile affections. That's what God thinks about it. For even their women did change the natural use that that is against nature, and likewise also the men. Leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense, meaning that reward, of air which was meat, that word meat means fitting, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, oh man, the last thing they want to hear about is God. A holy God that they might be accountable to. Uh-uh. We'll wait until we'll wait until hell for that. <laughs> for for now though, we're gonna live like the devil. We're gonna live, we're gonna make alley cats blush the way we live. And we don't want to hear about that Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to retain God in our knowledge. You better believe it. We're going to attack anybody that reminds us of that too. And we're going to look at that as well later. So even as they do not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That's what God thinks about them. Okay? To do those things which are not convenient, meaning things that are not proper, fitting, or apt. Okay, then going to verse one thirty uh, Romans one thirty two, it says, "Who knowing the judgment of God, see these these LGBT crowd, they know the judgment of God deep down in their head. They know, they they do. They can self delude themselves all day long, but they know a judgment's coming. Okay, they just think that they're going to be on the winning team with Satan. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Now that's what God thinks about it. Okay, well you." Bigoted homophobe. No, that's what the Bible says. Your problem's with the Word of God. Not with me. Okay, you're going to be the has to be. I'm going to have to answer to God in the after in the afterlife. 
judgment seat of Christ. You're going to have to answer to God at the great white throne judgment, right before you're cast into the lake of fire. I'm just telling you your future. Okay? I mean, unless you repent, unless you get saved, unless God pulls those devils out of you, but there's not a lot of scripture for that. I know there's people that uh, have said they've come out of the lifestyle and they're saved now. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to limit God and say that can't happen. I think it's very low percentages. I think it's an absolute miracle every time it does happen because once God turns you over to reprobate mind, there's not a lot of Bible for that being unturned, being turned right. Very little. So you're in an incredibly precarious position with God if you're in this movement. Okay? Um, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's why they're always trying to recruit people into their movement. Not only so that they can defile them and pass their devils onto that person through fornication, but also they have pleasure. It, it warms the cockles of their black hearts to defile others and then to see others follow in their same footsteps of their father Satan. It, it makes them happy. It gives them joy. It gives them justification for their own sick, wicked, evil actions. They love it. Because, hey, misery loves company. They want to see as many people in hell with them as possible. I know I'm being really mega politically correct today. Mega. Well, let's go to the next story here. Married Florida gay couple first to receive a green card. A gay couple in Fort Lauderdale became the first wedded same-sex couple to be recognized by the United States for a green card. Officials said, now a green card is the informal name for an ID card attesting to the permanent resident status of an immigrant in the United States. Permanent resident status, okay? So this gay couple in Fort Lauderdale became the first wedded same-sex couple to be recognized by the United States for a green card. Um, Trey Popov and Julian Marsh found out Friday that their petition for a green card for Popov had been approved. Just two days after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Section 3 of the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act was constitutional. Was unconstitutional, I'm sorry. So again, this is more fruit from this Supreme Court decision here. Okay, Now they're giving same-sex couples green cards. They're going to be giving them benefits even if they're illegal aliens. Uh, I mean, hey, anything goes. If it's wicked, our government's going to be behind it. Okay, Section 3 has been used by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to deny green cards for foreign-born spouses in same-sex marriages with U.S. citizens. We can't have that. we got to give every, especially the, the gay crowd, we've got to give them every benefit on the planet. And then it goes on to say, we are ecstatic that our country recognizes our marriage, Marsh said on Sunday. I never doubted the Supreme Court would not overturn DOMA. Ever, it was in my mind impossible that anybody could stop love. Wow. I mean, again, it's a tearjerker type of moment. I know you're probably all holding back, collectively reaching for the tissues now. Kind of a hallmark moment, group hug kind of moment thing. I understand that. But let's look at what this love they're talking about is. I want to take a really good long look at the love that the GLBT crowd 
has for one another. Let's, let's take an in-depth look at that, because I want to expound on that last sentence that he has. And I'm going to dedicate the rest of this study regarding the homosexuals to that one thing. Keep that in the forefront of your mind as we go through these next parts of these teachings, okay? First one, homosexual teacher eight times more likely to molest students. Now, this is that love that we're in reference to here. I want to keep that theme going, keep that fresh in your mind, okay? The Christian Coalition of Maine recently sent a registered letter to every school principal, superintendent, and school board member, and included a copy of an article by the Family Research Institute citing a study published in 1996 Journal of Psychology. The study demonstrates that homosexual teachers are 8 to 10 times more likely to sexually involve themselves with pupils than heterosexual, te- than, than heterosexual teachings. This is that love that they that you know the government couldn't stop. Okay, it's a great example. Just a small part of that love. We're going to examine many facets of the love that they're talking about. Okay? The letter advised the school leaders that knowingly employing homosexual teachers after receipt of this study places you in a precarious legal position. It pointed out that districts and their administrators could face serious civil and or criminal charges if a homosexual teacher molests a pupil. Meaning, we have all this research that proves this. And if you knowingly put a homosexual teacher in there, and it happens, and there's an 8 to 10 times greater chance that it will happen, then legally, you're putting yourself in a terrible position. Because you've been informed. You have been informed, and you still went ahead with it. Insanely. And look what happened. Now, again, this is the type of stuff that would be massively covered up in the media. Okay? Massively. Because the media is controlled by the homosexual lobby anymore. The people at the top, the 13 families, uh, the 13 families of the Illuminati, people involved in Luciferianism, high-level witchcraft, one of the main requirements is homosexual fornication and these types of things. Why? Because the people that are most sold out to Satan have to do the most evil, debauched, evil things on the planet to show their allegiance to Satan. And also, Satan knows that when they do these things, they're going to become demon-infested to a much higher level than if it was just heterosexual sex. He knows that. This is why it's so important for him to have um, same-sex everything and then also really, really targeting the little children, the pedophiles, which we're going to look at that heavily as well. And we're gonna, and that's another facet of this love that the homosexuals are in reference to here. Okay? So, um, just like unmasking Islam, unmasking this movement is, to me, a pleasure. It really is. I don't like what it represents. It's evil, disgusting, but I love doing it. I just love exposing evil. I, I feel like it's what I was made to do. You know? And I don't say that because I think I'm better. I'm just... Flat out, these are facts I'm quoting here. I'm just the messenger for this. But these are all facts that you can verify. And um, this is what we're doing here today. So, let's go further here. Um, FRI Director Dr. Paul Cameron says that we have to, quote, get the word out that when a child is molested by a homosexual teacher who was hired under or because of gay rights, having to be politically correct in other words, the parents would be able to apply tort law against the teacher, the school officials, and the school district, and the school board. 
Hopefully, the publication of the study will encourage school administrators to think twice before allowing homosexuals into the classrooms. History has proven over and over that when a society begins to tolerate evil, sinful behavior, the next step is acceptance, and then it leads to imitation. Finally, you get a government mandate that will actually promote it. Millions of parents are looking for alternatives in private schools and homeschooling, but just bailing out of the government school system is not enough. We must boldly declare God's condemnation of this sin. We must not be intimidated by their shouts of bigot or homophobe or hate monger. Amen. Amen to that. One way to inoculate a community against this sin is to salt it thoroughly with the truth. An excellent approach is the use of the literature Chick Tracks has that produced the, the track Doomtown for this purpose, which is a track that totally exposes the homosexual lifestyle. Okay, and I like these niche tracks they have because they've got like ones for Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and Islam, a lot for Islam, Catholicism, Hinduism, Buddhism, pretty much you name it. I mean, most of the major religions, and um, they're really I really like their niche tracks that go after this because it's something you know you go to a gas station. You put, um, you know, put it, there's little gaps a lot of times in there. They fit perfect in there. Put them right in there, bend them down. And there, there's little gaps in the, in the gas station pumps and stuff. You bend them down and um, don't put them in things, in front of things that are going to obscure something. Put them out of the way, but where people can see them. You know, if there's not somebody on the other side of the pump, go and put one on the other side of the pump. I mean, it's a way that you can eventually... And it's like it's inoculating. There's all kind of ways you can you can put out tracks where they'll actually get picked up and read, okay? And this is that's just one. And then also FRI, which is a group, has an excellent information pamphlets about the homosexuals, and they give their website and uh, their phone number here. And it's going to be on about pages eleven to twelve of the PDF for this teaching. For seven seven two thousand thirteen. So those are some resources you have. These pamphlets show clearly that allowing the sinful homosexual practices is not just innocent intercourse between consenting adults. It promotes violence, sexually transmitted diseases, and creates sexual predators who prey on children as well as naive adults. They show why the average lifespan of the male homosexual before AIDS was forty five. And AIDS reduced their lifespan even further to approximately 39 years. Do you know that the average homosexual male only lives 39 years? What wonderful fruit. I'm sure God's judgment has nothing to do with his unbelievably short lifespan. 39 years. We're going to go into this more later. On that statistic. Because that's not just something they threw out there. We're going to get into that in depth. It reminded me of these Bible verses. When I, when I read that. Proverbs 10.27 The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Woo! Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. <laughs> We're on the side of righteousness. It doesn't matter if the whole world is against us. It doesn't matter if you got homosexuals trying to beat down your door, telling you what a bigot homophobe or whatever, trying to get in your house. I'm saying you would want to get on your knees and pray God deal with them right then. And that's happened to people before. 
I've had people warn me about going against homosexuals. Oh, they'll show up at your house, all this other stuff. Well, you know, I believe I'm on the side of righteousness and that's what matters. I'll let God deal with the consequences, you know. But the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Uh, Job 18.5 says, Yea, the light of the wicked shall be put out, and the spark of his fire shall not shine. Leviticus 18.22-25 Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. That's America's future, collectively. And the land is defiled. You're defiling the land with the sin. And particularly certain kinds of sins defile the land way worse. Child sacrifice, homosexual behavior. Two worst things to defile the land, as far as I can find in the Bible from a biblical standpoint. And the land is defiled, therefore do I visit the iniquity thereof upon it. All that sin that is defiling the land, God visits that iniquity. He's a God of judgment. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. The future of America. Unless things were to absolutely radically change, but I see no Bible for that. Now I'm going to go ahead and end part two here and we're going to go to part three and i'm going to i'll say it in part three but there's adult content in this one i don't i don't ever get graphic try try not to but there's things in here that you might not want your small children to hear in order to actually document this okay subject uh, because the more I see the homosexual lobby coming out and getting in our face the more it makes me want to go and and battle them with the facts, okay, and with the Bible, with the Word of God. You know, it doesn't. It, it makes me just want to really address this subject at length and really point out the wickedness of it. And um, so, we're going to get to part three next. God bless you, and we'll see you there.